The Word of God says, Is any sick among you? Let them call on the elders of the church and let them pray for them, and the prayer of faith will make them whole. If you are sick in any part of your body and need healing, why not join us for the next special healing school, Saturday the 7th of December at 6.30 p.m. at Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, West Sussex, RH10-8DS. Please call 07938-494-294 or visit solutionchapel.org for further details. The Special Healing School, Saturday the 7th of December, is free and open to everyone. Come and receive your healing. The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. Cast it. It's a burden. Cast it. Do you know that when people are going through anxiety, they look very like, they look like they are carrying a heavy load. They grow old very quick. They have wrinkles everywhere. There is no joy in their life. So learn to cast it. Don't allow anxiety to burden you. Last week, Sunday after the message, one of the members came to me and said, Pastor, my mother died exactly seven years ago last Sunday. And she said to me, do you know what killed my mother? Anxiety. We can easily identify with the spirit of anxiety. I call it a spirit because anxiety is a spirit. There's a spirit behind it. And we see it on a regular basis. We see it on a daily basis. We see people struggling and people going through anxiety on a regular basis because as human beings, there are daily pressures on everyone, whether you like it or not, be it a a parent, your children growing up, you begin to feel anxious, especially when they start hitting their teenage years. You begin to get anxious and begin to think about who is calling them, who is knocking on their door, who is emailing them, who is texting them. So there are a lot of pressures on parents out there. But it's important that for us as Christians, we understand how anxiety comes and how to overcome it. Amen. So the Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 4 from verse 6 to 7. Now I want you to understand who is writing to the church of Philippi. Now this is Paul writing. And let me tell you where he is at whilst he was writing this. He was in prison when he was writing this. Now, so it's not as if he doesn't know what he's talking about because Paul in prison is writing to us, telling us not to be anxious for nothing. Now, 
the person who should actually be anxious should be the one in prison because he has already been sanctioned to die. This imprisonment was going to lead to his death. So he should be concerned and be thinking and be worrying about what's going to happen next. But in the midst of that, Paul is writing to us and telling us who are not in prison, teaching us how not to be anxious. So this is not someone who doesn't know uh, what anxiety is. He really understands it. He's in the midst of it. But in the midst of this anxiety, he's encouraging us. He's saying, be anxious for nothing. He said, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, including in the midst of the anxiety, he said, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. The interesting thing is that most of the time when people are in anxiety, they stop praying. They, they stop praying and they start worrying. Verse 7, and he said, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So Paul knows exactly what he's talking about. You might be in a situation of anxiety now. I've come to encourage you this morning that be anxious for nothing. Amen. You might have had expectations this year. You might have had some visions this year that this year you are going to do X, Y, Z, but none of them have been fulfilled yet. But I've come to encourage you, be anxious for nothing. Amen. The God we serve, he can bring things to pass in a twinkling of an eye. First John chapter 5 verse 4. The Bible says that for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatsoever. And you are born of God. Amen. I said you are born of God. Amen. So the Bible says whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Your faith is an overcoming faith. Amen. So it's time to operate in the realm of victory. Amen. Listen, God cares about you. So stop worrying. I said, God cares about you, so do what? Stop worrying. How many of you know that worrying will change nothing? And the truth of the matter is we worry about things we can't actually change. Why are you worrying? Stop worrying. Stop worrying about what you can't change. Amen. Amen. Stop worrying because God cares for you. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 24. I read. Listen to what Jesus is saying. We're going to read from verse 24 to 34. Listen carefully to what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. 
you can't serve God and mammon. Mammon there means money. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Now, Jesus wants to show us an example. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap, neither gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. So if you're worrying about food, Jesus is saying that take a look at the birds. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns. Yet your father, your heavenly father feeds them. And Jesus said, are you not more are you not of more value than they? Now Jesus is comparing the birds with you. And Jesus is saying that, why are you worrying about what you can't change? Look at the birds. They don't worry. They don't care who is prime minister or who is not prime minister. They don't care who is the president of a nation or who is not the president of a nation. They don't worry about Brexit or no Brexit. They don't worry. They don't care. They know one thing that their food is settled. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that if God feeds them, don't you know that you are of more value than the birds? Verse 27, Jesus says, which of you worrying can add one cubit to his stature. So that means worrying doesn't change anything. You know, there are some people who worry about everything. They are just king and queen of worry. That's their, they have that, that title. They worry about what is not supposed to be worried about. I remember when we applied for a school for our daughter to go to secondary school. We didn't get all the three places we listed. Everyone got their school places and we never got our place. They actually gave us a school that was not part of the list. And there was a family who just joined the church and they were looking for a school and I recommended the first choice we applied. Oh, no, I think it was the second choice, right? Second choice. That's a good school they should apply and I prayed with them and they got the school. Now, in terms of distance, I live closer to the school than they do. But guess what? They got placement in the school and I didn't get a place. I prayed for them and they got a place, I who prayed for them didn't get a place. And so, the time came, it was close to go to school, now we have to buy uniforms, we didn't know which uniform to buy, and the school they gave us, I said, she's not going to that school because it's not a good school. My wife started worrying, if she permits me to. I said, please, don't worry. If you see that I'm calm like this, 
God is in control. She said, but uh, which uniform are we going to buy? I said, don't worry, just relax. God is in control. I said to her, just relax. I wasn't doing anything. I was just praising God. I was there and then one day a phone call came from the first choice school. And they said, there's a place for your daughter. I said, would, they said, would you like it? I said, yes. And guess what? Where she got a place is actually about 45 minutes drive from my house. So when you talk about catchment area, she is completely out of the catchment area. And guess what? This is an outstanding school. The school that I was rejected was a good school, but the one that God finally made available was an outstanding one. What am I saying? Don't worry about what you can't change. Most of us worry about tomorrow, yet tomorrow has not come. And there's nothing you can do about tomorrow. Verse 28, so Jesus said, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. So stop worrying. Verse 29, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Amen. 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 Verse 33. Now Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God. Instead of worrying, Jesus is saying, seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Verse 34, finally, it says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day, it's its own trouble. So don't add tomorrow's trouble to today's trouble. Stop worrying. God cares about you. Write this down. The most powerful force that subdues anxiety is perfect peace. The most powerful force that subdues anxiety is what? Perfect peace. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. It says, thou will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusted in thee. Thou will keep him in what? Perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. So that means if you are going to overcome anxiety, your mind must be stayed on God. And you, when your mind is stayed on God, he will keep you in what? Perfect peace. Stop worrying. 
Let your mind stay on God. Amen? Amen. Let your mind stay on who? God. Now, the moment anxiety shows up, that's the time you have to redirect your mind onto the things of God. Let your mind stay on God. So quickly, let's look at seven ways that we can overcome anxiety. There are more ways, but for the brevity of time that we have, let's look at seven ways that you can overcome anxiety. Number one is learn to be still in the midst of any anxiety storm. Learn to be still in the midst of any anxiety storm. Psalm 46 verse 10 to 11. Psalm 46 verse 10 to 11. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So be still and know that he is God. Learn to be still in the midst of the anxiety storm. Why do I call it anxiety storm? Because sometimes anxiety comes like a storm. Every news you turn, anxiety. Every phone call, anxiety. Every text message is full of anxiety. So in the midst of this, you have to learn to be still. You have to learn to be still and know that he is God. The God who has called you will not let you down. So learn to be still. Don't worry. Be still. You say, how do I become still in the midst of anxiety? That's what Paul is teaching us. Paul was in prison, yet he's telling us, be anxious for nothing. He's going through storm. He's about to be killed, yet he's telling us, be what? Be anxious for nothing. So he knows something that we need to learn from. Now, it will be very difficult to, to... believe someone who hasn't experienced anxiety before and teaching you how not to be anxious. If somebody has everything together and they are telling you, be anxious for nothing, you tell them, you don't know what I'm going through. But if they've gone through what you've been through and they tell you be anxious for nothing, then they know what they are talking about. So Paul is telling us, be anxious for nothing. So in the midst of the anxiety storm, learn to be still. Learn to be still. The children of Israel came to the Red Sea and they had no way of escape. The Egyptians were behind them. The Egyptians were about to destroy them. And Moses was saying to God, God, look, the enemy is pursuing us. They're about to destroy us. They are about to kill us. What should we do? God said to Moses, tell the people, be still. Just be still and know that he is God. 
please have come to encourage someone as we are about to enter into December, a month of anxiety. I want you to be still. People might be doing shopping left, right, center. Just be still. If you don't have it, be still. Hallelujah. He said, be still and know that I am God. And I will be exalted among the heathen. Was he exalted or not? Yes, he was. Number two. Number two way to overcome anxiety is deal with the spirit behind the anxiety storm. Deal with the spirit behind the anxiety storm. You have to know that there is a spirit behind the storm. You see, most of the time when people are going through anxiety, they just deal with the symptoms. But there is a root cause to the symptoms. Last week, I gave you some of the symptoms that people, uh, that we see when people are going through anxiety or when there's a presence of anxiety. But yes, the symptoms just tells you this is what's about to happen. But it's not just enough to deal with the symptoms. We have to go to the root cause. So there's a spirit behind this thing. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Mark chapter 4. From verse 35 to 39. I read it says. And the same day when the evening was come. He said unto them. Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent. When he had sent away the multitude. He took him. Even as he was in the ship. And there was. And there. Were also with him. Other little sheep. Verse 37, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Most of the time when people are in the midst of anxiety, this is what they tell God. God, do you not care? <laughs> God, don't you care? Can you not see what I'm going through? Jesus was right there with them and they were asking, do you not care that we perish? Now, I noticed something also very important. In the midst of the storm, Jesus was sleeping. That's how to be still. You see, when God is in control, you just take a sleep. <laughs> when, when your husband is driving and you are sleeping in the car, that means he's got control of the car. How many of you sleep in a car when your wife or your husband is driving? <laughs> I know some of you, when your husband is driving, your, your eyes is, you, you are awake. <laughs> now, let me tell you a story. My wife, my wife, 
knew how to drive years before I started driving. Let me confess one thing. When, when we were cutting, one day she, she said I should take her to work. Now then, I didn't have a full driver's license. I only had a, did I have provisional then? I had a provisional license. So she said I should take her to work. So I drove her, I drove her to, to Brighton. And then I drove her back. And then whilst we were talking, she said, how long have you had your license for? <laughs> I said, I said, I don't have a, I don't have a license. She said, why did you not tell me? I said, but you didn't ask. <laughs> So, so because of that, and now she put pressure on me, and I went and I did my my driving uh, test, and I passed. Now, because now I've passed, and she's more like my boss in the area of driving. <laughs> where we are in the car, and we are going, and sometimes she's sleeping. Now we are married. Now, after years, we are married now. And she's in the car and she's sleeping. And then she, when she wakes up, he said, Ish! <laughs> She'll say, Ish! I said, Leave me alone. Do you want me to park the cars? Do you want to drive? <laughs> oh, mercy. You know? And that's one thing I don't like. And then when she's sitting down, I can see her poop, like breaking. <laughs> breaking. I said, can I drive, please? <laughs> oh, mercy, mercy. Yeah. And then when, when we get to like a traffic light and I'm about to go for it, sometimes the car goes back a bit. He said, you know, you don't have to do it. The car does it. I said, please, leave me. Just leave me. Hallelujah. There were times I parked the car. I said, do you want to drive? <laughs> but in the midst of the storm, Jesus was sleeping. In the midst of the She doesn't do that now anyway. <laughs> Praise God. Because now I'm a good driver according to her standards. Or maybe she's, she's gotten used to my bad driving. So in the midst of the storm, notice what was happening. Jesus was asleep. That should tell you Jesus knew something about the storm that they didn't know. Because Jesus told them, let's go to the other side. And most of the times, we don't believe God's word. God tells us, let's go to the other side, or you're going to get to the other side. We see a little challenges in between, and then we give up. But you always have to remember what God has told you. Verse 39 of Mark chapter 4, the Bible says that, And when Jesus rose, he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased 
and there was a great calm. Hallelujah. Now, look at verse 37 again. Verse 37 is key. The Bible says that, and there arose a great storm of wind. There arose what? A great storm of wind. But look at verse 39. Look at what Jesus did. The Bible says, and Jesus arose and rebuked the wind. The wind is the spirit behind the storm. Most of the time, we focus on the storm. And once you focus on the storm, you are distracted on the spirit behind the storm. What we need to deal with is the spirit behind the storm. Dealing with the storm is not enough. You have to deal with the spirit behind the storm. If you don't deal with the spirit behind the storm, the storm will come back. Are you following me? So it's important to deal with the spirit behind the storm. Number three way to overcome anxiety is speak positively to yourself. Speak positively to yourself. Job chapter 22 verse 29. It says, when men are cast down, Thou shalt say there is a lifting up and he shall say the humble person. So learn to speak positively to yourself. When men are cast down, you shall say there is a lifting up. Somebody say with me, I will rise again. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say, I will rise again. I will not go down for there is a lifting up for my life. The Bible says that if the righteous fall at seven times, he will rise again. Isaiah chapter 3 verse 10, he said, Say ye to the righteous, it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. So learn to speak positively to yourself. Most of the time, do you know what anxiety does? Anxiety causes you to speak negatively to your situation. You begin to say, ah, ah, this is what killed my auntie. So it's going to kill me also. No, you have to speak positively. You don't say, this is what killed my mother. Or kill my father so he's going to kill me. No, you are different. You are a new bloodline. You have the DNA of God inside of you. Hallelujah. So say ye to the righteous, it shall be well. You are not there yet, but you keep saying to yourself, it shall be well. It doesn't matter what happens. I say to myself, it is well. If I've ever spoken to you before, it doesn't matter what you go through. I say to you, it is well. Amen. It doesn't matter what you're going through today. The end is more important. Your end will speak better things in the name of Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 13. It says, and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath. 
if thou shalt hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I commanded this day, to observe and to do them. Amen. Say with me, I am the head, am the head. and never the, never the tail. I am forever above, forever above. and never beneath. Upwards only, downwards never. Hallelujah. The Bible says the Lord shall make you the head. You are the head and never the tail. That's the prayer we always pray over our children and over this church. That all the children in this church will forever be the head and never the tail will forever be what? The head and not the tail. Wherever our children are, they will be the what? The head and never the tail. Number four, way to overcome anxiety is talk to Jesus about your anxiety. These are like simple ways, but they are very powerful. Talk to Jesus about your anxiety. One of the ways to overcome anxiety is to talk to Jesus about it. He already knows what you are going through, but learn to open your mouth and talk to God about it. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 to 29. It says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heaven laden with anxiety, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lonely in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. Say a good amen. Amen. Jesus saying that you shall find what? Rest unto your soul. I speak rest to your soul. In any unrestful area of your life, I speak rest to your soul in the name of Jesus. Number five way to overcome anxiety is cast your anxiety onto Jesus. Cast it. Don't hold on to it. Don't say, as for us, we have a history of anxiety. (laughs) It's a family thing. No. No, cast it. Cast it. Throw it. It's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. Psalm 55 verse 22. It says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Cast your burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Cast it. Cast it. It's a burden. Cast it. Do you know that when people are going through anxiety, they look very like, they look like they are carrying a heavy load. They grow old very quick. They have wrinkles everywhere. There is no joy in their life. So learn to cast it. Don't allow anxiety to burden you. Last week, Sunday after the message, one of the members came to me and said, Pastor, my mother died exactly seven years ago last Sunday. 
And she said to me, do you know what killed my mother? Anxiety. Anxiety. Anxiety is a silent killer. And people who most of the time go through anxiety, like I said last week, they have heart palpitation. Every little thing. Scared. Every little thing. Every little thing. Every knock on the door. Every phone call. Most of us here were not born here. And sometimes when we receive phone calls from outside, we dread picking the calls up because you are scared that if you pick this call up now, the news will be bad news. And so because of that, you are ignoring your calls from your family members. But that's not how to overcome anxiety. Are you following me? That's not how to overcome it. You have to face it. So you learn to cast your burden upon the Lord. First Peter chapter 5 verse 6 to 7. It says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Casting how many? How many? How many? All your cares. Hallelujah. So cast your care unto Jesus. Number six, way to overcome anxiety is encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Don't wait for somebody to encourage you. It's good to come to church, but don't wait till Sunday or Thursday to receive an encouragement from pastor. Amen? Amen. Learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself. When no one is encouraging you, encourage yourself. Go stand in the mirror and tell yourself how beautiful you look. Stand in the mirror and tell yourself how handsome you look. If no one is going to tell you, learn to tell yourself, I am handsome. I am blessed. I am the head and not the tail. I am wise. I am excellent. I am righteous. I am the righteousness of God. I walk in grace. The goodness of the Lord is upon me. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the, sometimes I just encourage myself. Praise God. How many of you know that the, the petrol tanker that brought the petrol to the filling station also needs petrol to move around? How many of you know that? Yeah. It also needs fuel to move from point A to point Z. So who encourages the encourager? Hallelujah. Who encourages the encourager? 
when after I've encouraged you, who will encourage me? So sometimes I just go back and I start encouraging myself in the Lord. I start praising God. I start exalting him. Because you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You have to. (laughs) First Samuel chapter 30 from verse 4 to 6. Now you know the story. The whole city, David's city has been ransacked by the enemy. They've taken David's two wives and his children. They've taken everybody's children, including David's wife and children. They've taken all their properties. The enemy takes everything. And then the next thing that happens is from verse 4. Let's read. And then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept. Listen, it's good to cry, but... uh, Crying doesn't solve the problem. Amen? When, when you are in the midst of anxiety, stop looking for people's sympathy. Stop looking for people's, you know, sympathy. No, stop. Stop it. Especially those of you who go putting very intimate and deep stuff there out there on social media platforms. And so, oh, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling anxious. Huh? You are feeling anxious. Pray, please. Please. Grow up. Grow up. Somebody, somebody who, I, I watched an interview of somebody who has Millions of followers on social media. That I'm sure you all know if I mention that person's name now. They were asking, hey, you have over uh, 200 million followers or something like that. One person, 200 million. They asked her, do you read your DMs? She said, no. They asked her, how long do you stay on Instagram for? She said, 30 minutes a day. 30 minutes. But you are dead. 30 hours. 30 minutes. And she is making out money out of this thing. But you, the thing is making money out of you. So stop weeping. Stop looking for sympathy. I've never looked for sympathy from anyone. My wife will tell you when my mom passed away and my dad passed away, I never look for sympathy from no one. You know, people do this um, when somebody passes away, they do, what do they call it, memorial service and all that. And then they'll put the picture of the person there and then people come and donate some money. Hey, it's all good, but I mean, that's not for me. I'm not into that. And people put all of these things on social media. Oh, I just lost my father today. Oh, I just lost my... And all those people are on your page. They are witches and wizards. 
they were praying that you lose your father and your mother and you've got to, you have got to confirm their prayers. And people, people these days don't know boundaries. They take everything to the public. There are some things that are supposed to stay private. The Bible says they wept until they had no more power to weep. So it's good to weep, but you must leave some power left to confront the situation. Verse 5, the Bible says that, and David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelite and Abigail, the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. Verse 6 is key. The Bible says that, and David was greatly distressed for the people speak of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. What did David do? David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Don't look for sympathy from no one. <laughs> Do you know what people are dealing with? They are dealing with their own problem. Sometimes all these people out there who tell you, bring this and that and I'll pray for you. They haven't prayed for themselves. They have not finished praying for themselves. Why would they pray for you? Why would somebody fast for you? They say, give me this money and I'll fast for you. Why would you do that? Who told you God will hear such a prayer? That's deceptive. So learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in the Lord. David knew how to do this. David was speaking to his soul. David said, oh my soul, do not be cast down. So sometimes you have to speak to your soul. You have to encourage yourself. Yes, you have visions. You have desires. You wanted to get this far, but you are not there yet. But encourage yourself in the Lord. Where we are going as a commission, we are not there yet. But I always encourage ourselves in the Lord. I encourage myself in the Lord. I know that one day we'll get there. I said one day we'll get there. We are not there yet, but it doesn't mean that I should beat myself down. As a matter of fact, we are closer than where we were a few years ago. So encourage yourself in the Lord. The last one, number seven, is pray and sing praises. How do we overcome anxiety or seven ways to overcome anxiety? Number seven is pray and sing praises. Pray and sing praises. Acts chapter 16, verse 23 to 26. Acts chapter 16, verse 23 to 26. It says, and when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, 
thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. In other words, they put chains around their feet. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. Verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bounds were loosed. Hallelujah. So number seven is in the midst of the anxiety, do two things. Pray and sing praises. Pray. Don't stop praying. You see, the devil's deception to you in the midst of anxiety is that your prayers are not being answered. Because most of the time, when you are facing these kinds of challenges, the more you pray, the more most of the times things get worse. And sometimes it feels as if God is not hearing your prayers. But look at what Paul and Silas did in the midst of the prison. They were in prison. Their legs were bound in chains. And in the midst of the prison, the Bible says that at midnight, the midnight there represents the darkest hour. The darkest hour. In their darkest hour, in the midst of the anxiety, look at what they did. The Bible says that Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises unto God. And this is key. The Bible says that and the prisoners heard them. Now, when you are in this situation, what you don't want to do is sing and pray. Because, uh, uh, no, to sing and pray loudly. Because when you sing and pray loudly, the people around you say, ah, come on, keep your mouth shut. Because if this God could have delivered you, you shouldn't be here in the first place. So the Bible says that at midnight, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. The prisoners heard them. Listen, being challenged doesn't mean you are not a Christian. In the midst of the challenges, don't stop calling upon God. In the midst of the challenges, don't stop praying. In the midst of the challenges, don't stop singing praises unto God. The Bible says that in the midnight hour when things were dark, when things were not working as they should, the Bible says Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises unto God. Because when we pray and we praise, God inhabits the praises of his people. In the midst of that situation, Put on some praise music. Remember when Saul was going through depression, the spirit of distress comes upon him. He calls upon David to play the harp. Praises. 
Because what you have to understand is that the spirit of depression cannot stand an environment of praise. The spirit of depression cannot stand an environment of what? Of praise. That's why in that situation, what do you do? You pray and you praise. You stop praising God. I sing praises to your name. Oh Lord, praises to your name. Oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be prayed. Hey, I sing. So you sing praises to the Lord. You start, start one, one minute, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes, thirty minutes, one hour. By the time you realize that depression is gone. And look, verse 26, the Bible says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. Can you see what will happen when you sing and you praise? You destroy that generational curse in the family. You destroy that generational curse. Your liberty affects everyone. Finally, as we close, to beat anxiety, you have to meditate on these things. So let's go back to our foundational text, Philippians chapter 4, but this time we're going to read from verse 6 to verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, from verse 6 to verse 8. So Paul again says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ. Verse 8 is key. Verse 8 is key. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So when you operate in these eight realms of meditation, anxiety cannot come near you. This is the, the key to beat anxiety. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are noble. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. Whatsoever things are of any virtue, of good, if there is any virtue and if there is anything 
praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And as you meditate on these things, you will beat anxiety in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Did you receive it today? Let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet, please. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. The Word of God says, Is any sick among you? Let them call on the elders of the church and let them pray for them, and the prayer of faith will make them whole. If you are sick in any part of your body and need healing, why not join us for the next special healing school, Saturday the 7th of December at 6.30 p.m. at Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, West Sussex, RH10 8DS. Please call 07938-494-294 or visit solutionchapel.org for further details. The Special Healing School, Saturday the 7th of December, is free and open to everyone. Come and receive your healing.